You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. The Irishman says, I want two more of these then. (laughs) 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 Hello! Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 144. The My Old School Edition. Somewhere out there, there are <laughs> there are there are podcasts podcast listeners going, please don't let them spend an hour on Steely Dan. <laughs> an hour on a Steely Dan retrospective. You know who we loves? Aren't. You know who loves mm-hmm. Steely Dan? Who's that? Ben Greg Ducheck. Du- I don't know Ben. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Greg Ducheck does. I like Steely Dan a lot, but Greg Ducheck, I do remember that he was like, you know, it sucks because Steely Dan is a good band. Greg Ducheck's kind of the guy that ruins it for you, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he was so like. In your face about it, like striding about it. <laughs> yeah, and it was, and there were two songs that he would play, or that I would play as a DJ. Um, one of them was a Steely Dan song called FM, which is yeah, yeah, which yeah. is one of more one of their more upbeat, funkier tunes. All their stuff is really like funky F- and jazzy. Yeah. Yep, no static at all. <laughs> I would play FM, and he would come, and I'd hear the the ladder rattle because you know back in the old DJ booth, yeah, when you weren't, yeah, you have to it climb was, up. It was up, so yep. you could just grab it and shake it, and that's how you'd get the, the DJ's attention. He would do that. The other one was, I'm sure it wasn't OSHA approved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that was the furthest thing from OSHA. Approved. Oh God, the slime and the grossness and the soap and the and the yeah, because it was right over the dishwashing station. (laughs) Yeah, and so like depending on what time of night it was, if the steam from the from the dishwasher was loosening the grease and the patina on the on the ladder, like grease and the patina. (laughs) It was wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to write that down. I like that description. <laughs> the fine patina of Fagan's grease. <laughs> so okay, all right. So that's our that's our episode title. Very good. Um, like you would take your life in your hands, you know? Yeah. Um, the other oh, yeah, song, not- the other song that he loved was a Public Enemy song. I don't think. What's uh? What's what's there? Let's see. It wasn't fight the power. Maybe it was bring the noise. Oh, don't believe the hype. Don't believe, uh, the, don't hype. believe the hype. He loved my that favorite song. Public Enemy song was Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos. You remember that one? I do remember that. I was I was um a decent Public Enemy fan for a for a white kid in the rural suburbs of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was when I was like a white kid, like in seventh grade, you know, when it was cool to be, you know. Well, it wasn't cool, but it was a, 
was a white boy thing to be. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't all that many of us back then, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I um, <laughs> I eased in with um, with uh, what's it called? Who who would you have eased in with if you were if you were a little white kid, nineteen eighty eight? Run DMC. Oh and, yeah, well, every Run DMC was the big crossover, and yeah, that was like my entree in the rap. My parents were 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 reasonable parents when it came to that. One, we didn't, we really didn't overstep the bounds. Like we didn't have purple hair and and piercings and and crazy shit. So, um, they they were pretty permissive when it came to like finding our own identity in pop culture. But they were also they grew up in the '60s, so like they were big. Music was a huge influence, and Beatles and and you know Simon and Garfunkel and all these like sustainable artists is what was in their record catalog. So they let us kind of find our own way. Had to be very careful though, especially when when it was political or social commentary. Because we're we're a blue line family, right? Yeah, um, a long line of yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, officers. yes, of so course. Like, so public enemy would be an issue with that. Nine one one is a joke, and you know, fight the power and all yes, that. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Although you know what helped? You know what helped was um, the show, um, with the kid with Down syndrome, Corky. Oh yeah, life goes on. Life goes on. At one oh, one episode, oh, yeah. Okay, so that was that was one of uh, that was one of the reasons we kind of got into that show because it had it had the Beatles song as its yeah. theme song, and that was kind of part of our our little repertoire as a family. We listened to the Beatles specifically that song, and um, then it's a good f- it's a good family ride. It's a good family drama. Yeah, it was a nice. It was it was a Sunday night. Come on after the football game. Yeah, when the family sitting around the TV type of thing. Yeah, totally. And it had a real feel good message. But one of the episodes, uh, Corky um, decides that he doesn't want to be in whatever the school play or they they carved out a role for him and and he maybe it was a talent show. And anyway, he does he performs fight the power. (laughs) <laughs> he lip syncs and dances to fight the power which was a real like f you to the establishment you know yeah corky's like fuck this right exactly <laughs> exactly and the episode had this like real like after school special kind of vibe to it um, yeah, yeah so that that where everybody needs a lesson yeah so that framed public enemy a little bit you know so it wasn't as bad as Eventually, NWA was kind of like persona non grata in, in, around the DeSantis <laughs> well, household. He's thinking about his his discontent with uh, icons such as John Wayne and Elvis. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that uh, the 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 news of Walter Becker uh, unfortunately made me think first and foremost of of Greg Ducek and how he would be taking the news. Um, 
And I know he's out. And I know he's out he there. I know he's around there. He committed Hari Kari over it, apparently. <laughs> he was. He's um, like, I can't go on. He took a knife. <laughs> I. I, I'd imagine he would have some type of moving Facebook tribute. He's one of those kind of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so I mean, he was relatively peace. young, though, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. I mean, he, was only, he was sixty-seven years old, man. That's that's young, you know. Um, but you know what? Here's what I've come to find out recently: is none of that matters. The uh, yeah. the chick who rents the room, the lo- the loan holdover from the Roscoe fiasco, um, spent a month in the hospital. The entire month of July. She Jesus, blood clots or something, and like they were gonna have to amputate her legs. Jesus Christ! And she um, she found some specialist or whatever, and they kind of saved her. And she came home after a month in the hospital. She came home the other day. Had to go back in the hospital for more, more blood clots. And um, do they have any clue what it is? Um, no, they, they. She has some underlying condition that they're trying to, uh, they're they're, they're, they're trying to deal with. She'd gotten in an accident a bunch of years ago, and she was on blood thinner and, um, uh, like the just the whole big mess. I mean, she's only thirty five years old, thirty six years old. Yeah, that sucks. And I'm in a much better place personally. She doesn't have any really relations with her family. Like she has a couple cousins and stuff and friends. Um, and I'm in a way. Is she from Jersey? Yeah, from Jersey. She's from Jersey. Um, but her mom doesn't live around here, and I guess she doesn't have a very good relationship with with her mom. And her dad had passed away, and whatever. And I'm in definitely a way better spot than her professionally. Like she doesn't really. She's she was working at Buffalo Wild Wings for a while, and then she got a job waiting tables. And, you know, she's just trying to scratch it out, you know? She's, she's just trying to figure out a way to make a living and stuff. And I'm way better positioned than that. But I couldn't imagine being holed up in a hospital for a month. Everything that I have put in place over the last however many years, two or three years, would be gone in about 35 minutes. Like that whole infrastructure. Yeah, that'd be the most miserable thing it, in the world. Everything would too. crumble. You know, I'd be, I'd be, yeah. all my bills, whatever wasn't paid, what, whatever wasn't current at the moment, would quickly become delinquent in thirty days. <laughs> like you know, like it's, it's yeah, a revolving, yeah. it's a revolving growth period. Um, so you know, you, you hear like, oh man, guy like Walter Becker. Oh, he's young, relatively young. Yeah. But man, it's indiscriminating. It doesn't help. What sucks is like a year or two ago, Steely Dan played down here. But I didn't want to spend a shitload of money on the tickets that was to go see him. And now it's like, oh man, I should have oh, saw right. him. That's the thing, you know? right? It's the whole Johnny Winter. It was Edgar Winter. What was the? It was Johnny. It was. It was it. Yeah, was it Johnny? Yeah, it was Johnny you Winter. Know? Yeah, Johnny Winter. And it's, Who I just got lucky. Yeah. You know, it was just right. luck that I happened then seeing him that day. And, and but if you like, if that was the mantra for every day, well, in, in both respects, right? If that was the mantra for every day, you'd never get anything done, right? Well, I gotta, yeah, go, this guy might die. Do this thing because this guy might die. But on the flip side, if you live that way, well, let me go do this because I don't know because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. 
I don't. Maybe that's more yeah. fulfilling. It's maybe a more fulfilling way of life. But you can't have responsibility to the degree that we have responsibility, and 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 interact with society that way, right? You can't have because you couldn't have gone to law school because you can't be saddled with those law school loans, right? And you can't have a fulfilling, yeah. you know, uh, ad- forward advancing job because. Well, if you're out every day trying to chase Johnny, Johnny Winter, yeah, or any other old musician shit, you know. Although that's a great alternative title for this episode, chasing Johnny Winter. Chasing Johnny Winter, yeah, (laughs) it's a good title. Um, So, like, it's what do you do? You know, what do you do? You try to balance it. I've tried to uh, chasing Johnny. I've tried to be a Kevin Smith movie. Tried to. to come up with a new schedule. I only want to work Hilltop uh, three days a week. But I need to do 30, 32 hours a week in order to hit my hit my obligation, right? Average out 30. Yeah. Because I want to, remember, I want to take off July. Because you have a contract with yep, them, right? Yep, it's a retainer. So I have an have obligated hour, uh, an hourly threshold that I need yeah, to hit. Yeah, so they've already, yeah. They pay you, and then you got to do the yep. work. Right? So I keep yeah. track of the hours, and it's all billable, et cetera. Um, but I want to take off. Like, I really enjoyed I didn't have a very productive summer because I didn't, I, I didn't take very good care of myself physically leading into all my busy time. So it took me a long time to recuperate after my busy season but if i can get on the ball and get in some semblance of shape i mean i'm just talking about not getting tired walking up the stairs <laughs> I'll settle yeah, for that. the simple thing <laughs> the basic things of life um i can you know take a week to recover after the walk season and then you know enjoy my time off and do the thing where i go visit my sister on the fourth of july and then go up to the poconos for you know 10 or 12 days or whatever blah 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 um so, in order to make that lifestyle change, um, I got to hit 32 hours a week for 46 weeks. And if I do it, if I, were, if I sit at my desk, if I sit at my desk for an hour, I sit at my desk for 10 hours, what's the difference? You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I, I can get sucked into whatever. So, I've been trying to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, big, big chunks of time, 10 hour days and leave Mondays and Fridays for mediation. So yeah, you know, back yeah, to yeah. school it was just this week up here. You know, we go back after labor day. Well, we meaning people who actually go back to school, but I loved school. So I'm yes. still on a school yeah. calendar. And the fact I was married to a teacher only reinforced that. Right. The entire mental preparation of a school year was something that I engaged in as a third-party participant. I didn't need to. I wasn't a teacher. In fact, you liked school so much that you even grew out your hair a little bit so that you could shave a cool back-to-school design, right? right? (laughs) You know how the DeSantis' roll when it comes back to school. You know, we're the shooting stars. We're the shooting stars of the primary education system. Is that what you got? Did you get a corresponding shooting star shaved in the ear? I'll tell you what. There, there was a number of reasons I went on the path of of not of being childless. 
a few few reasons. <laughs> but one of the before it ultimately landed the path that both of us on, which is well, yeah, right, <laughs> involuntary <Correct>. abstinence. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. You boil it down, right? You boil it down. It's two to tango. But before that, when you did have the option, <laughs> um, one of the reasons <sighs> was that I knew that I did not have the chops to stand up in the cool parent realm with my brother Josh because as kids he was the first on any type of expressionist endeavor like I had the same haircut as a kid but Josh got like a mohawk and and I don't know why (laughs) I don't know why he had the guts or my parents let him head in that direction. I think my parents were a little more like, well, if we can get him, maybe if we let him get a mohawk, we can, you know, <laughs> we can get him to pass third grade. <laughs> like, I think that might have been their approach <laughs> with him. And so yeah. he he was a little more on that tip. Like, he was the first one in our family to have Jordans. I would never ask for Jordans, you know? Like I, cause well, you, I would never ask him because I knew what the answer right, was. Right, I knew that too. <laughs> but Josh took Josh took the same approach that an adult Mike Drew takes to love. Is if you if you <laughs> fall in love with enough women, if you ask enough women to dance, if you ask for enough women's phone numbers, eventually one of them is going to stick. Right, so I think maybe Josh's yeah. approach to childhood was fuck it, let's roll the dice, you know. Hey, yeah. can I get some Jordans? Maybe the first fifteen times he asked, he, there was no way he was getting Jordans, but eventually the kid got Jordans, and good for him, right? So Josh Cole crazy. is a is a is a dapper dresser. When it when it's time to go to school, yeah, I man, see, he's definitely got a style. He, he definitely has a style. Um, now his mom takes as much credit for that as Josh. His mom is a very style conscious, you know, matching ensemble kind of dresser. Like you know, she would never leave the house of her back in the day. Anyway, I'm sure at this point she's a mother of two and with a full time job. She's She's gotten a little more lax, but like back in the day, she would never leave the house if her nail polish didn't match her shoes, you know, whatever. Um, so I know she's got, yeah, she yeah. puts a high premium on that. Real fastidious. Yes. And Cole benefits from that because he's, he's never really, he's really never unkempt and, and out of place. Now, speaking from, a, from the perspective of a, a firstborn male who also had a design conscious mom at some point you got to kind of cut the cord on that or else you're going to be going to school. You're going to be going to middle school in granimals, (laughs) which, which if I didn't, if I didn't put my foot down, eventually I would have been going to school in granimals. Uh, cause that's just how it, you know, that's just how it rolled. You know, my mom 
Thought yeah. these outfits were great because you put the monkey with the monkey, and if you can wear, if you can find two monkeys, put the two monkeys together, and everybody's happy. Um, yeah. Next thing you know, you're a twelve year old kid wearing monkeys and monkeys and getting <laughs> made fun right, of all day. Get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's a fine line. I think Josh. Like, oh, you matched the monkey to the monkey today, Matthew. Yes. See, I uh, there's a, a story, uh, Josh. Josh didn't have any of that. He learned early on that the power of social uh, of, of of social peer pressure was great. He went to um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's a school preschool? And so the first day he went to school, he wore these little sandals, like like Caesar type sandals. Something you never wore, or something that had that. Like yeah, the way with the straps. Yes, and all yeah, that. like you'd put a little kid like in the leather straps. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I probably wore them, and I probably got made fun of, but I wouldn't tell my mom that because a she put me in them, and she's an adult, and she knows better, and it probably would hurt her feelings if I told her if I came home. That's my thought process, right? I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but Josh came home. And he's like, I'm not wearing these shoes anymore. And he's crying because a kid made fun of him and said that they're girls' shoes. So, yeah. So, the, the, the new school year brings, uh, brings, a whole new, uh, brings a whole new perspective on things. They say hope springs eternal, but uh, I think uh, fall. To me, fall is the, is the, is the dawn of a new uh, new opportunity, dawn of a new age, I guess. It's uh, a new it's a new school year at Matthew DeSantis's uh, academy, it, right? It is. For... I got a new batch of uh, <laughs> I got a new batch of recruits coming in, so I'm back. Right. Uh, you know, the, it's a whole new batch, right? It's a whole new batch. The like I said, the the chick McKenzie, um, yeah. who's back in the hospital now. She's around. She was supposed to be up in in October and. I was kind of looking to part ways. The, actually, the end of September. This was supposed to be her last month, and, and we were going to part ways. It was just time. If you know, living with somebody for more than a year, um, that starts to yeah. I mean, when it's that situation, it's not like she's running an apartment from you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want a relationship. You know. <laughs> yeah. Any... So she was going to move out anyway. Yeah, that was, that was kind of the the the, the plan. But I'm going to be a little more flexible with her, obviously, because she's going through some health problems. But um, and the issue is, man, how's that shit getting paid for? That's what really sucks. Um, oh, like you know, she's probably accruing such huge bills and shits in the oh, hospital. Oh, totally. You know, and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be. Um, you know, as flexible and as generous as I can, but I rent out a room because I need money. Yeah. You know? So I got to, you know, I got to cover my bets, you know, when and where I can. Um, but the other two folks that were here were both short timers for the summer, um, and I needed a little more stability. They they left um, middle and end of, of, of August, respectively. So I'm back on my game in terms of finding tenants, because it was a while. That that whole Roscoe, Roscoe's girlfriend, like that took a lot out of me, and and it uh, it chinked my armor when it came to like my confidence in in choosing roommates, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when you you point at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh man, I'm a lousy. That would sully it, you know, that situation. You know, but the uh, the new crew is is solid because I'm back to what my roots were, and it's 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 young recent grads. So there's only two type of two types of people. There's really only one type of person who's who's looking to rent a room in a single family house in this type of situation. It's somebody who has not established themselves yet, whether that's with with steady income, credit, or or uh, employment. Right? They don't have yeah. they don't have a career under their under their belt yet. And early on, I was finding the younger portion of that set and i was having hey, originally a the goal success. was to get like these medical student type of people right Correct. yeah i had a couple of those situations and it worked out well and i really misstepped when i went to the disability slash unemployed slash underemployed slash however insane alcoholic slash correct <laughs> correct <laughs> Those were not the type of people who, uh, you know, while they had no job and no security and no uh, career, they didn't have those things for, there wasn't a good reason why they didn't have them. They were all bad reasons. So the other, the other side of that coin. And the worst part is you got to live with them. Exactly. The other side of that coin, the person who fits that, that demographic is a recent college grad or a student, specifically yeah. in the medical field, um, because there's so many hospitals. Somebody is going to be occupied. Yes, and yes. so I have two new uh, tenants, two new roomies, a recent grad um, who graduated last, so not this May, a year ago May. He's been out of school a year. He went to University of Alabama. Oh damn. So he's, is he from up north? Yeah, he's from here. He's from okay. here, but he just went down there for school. As a kid, you know, he kind of, I guess, fell college football fan as a kid, fell in love with Alabama. They're on TV all the time. You know, it's like, it's what Penn State used to be around here. Penn State was the yeah. school. And even though it's a lot closer than Alabama, so it makes a lot more sense, Penn State had such a stranglehold on the Northeast. Tons of kids from Jersey go to Penn State or traditionally. Yeah, and it's a, I mean, I know a guy from Maryland that went to law school with me, and he ended up graduating from Maryland, but originally went to Penn State. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the reach and the draw, and 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 you've got yeah, and it's 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 more like a, it's the only it's the furthest thing east that's like a traditional huge college. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah they don't have that like in the other northeastern states. Nope. Nope. So now I wouldn't say that a ton of people are going from New Jersey to Alabama, but it's the same. It's that's the same blueprint, right? You saw him on yeah. TV, and 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 they have national recognition. So he's he graduated. The only other person I know from north that went to Alabama was a guy that was a year behind me in law school. He was from New York City. He was a real Italian guy, but the reason he went there is because he was a baseball player. He was there on base for baseball. Oh, okay. Oh wow. You know, because it's weird for somebody from up north to just head down there, you know? Yeah. Especially an Italian kid from New York City. <laughs> right, right, right. That is totally random. It's totally random. And uh, so this guy's been um, he's been working. So your guy intrigues me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. And he's a good guy. He seems like a good guy. Um, he's from, like, Shore. He's from, like, that area of Jersey and yeah, everything. Yeah. He's currently living with his parents, like, two towns over. So it's just okay. a, it's a matter of he has a job. He wants, you know, he wants a little freedom. He has a little money. Why not? Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm you got your first job. And the last thing you want to do is be living in the parents' house yes. when you got enough money to be gone out and enjoying yourself on the weekends and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, he's in. He came in yesterday, uh, and he's all settled. And then there is a, a female med uh, student. I don't know. If she's an, she's not a nurse or not a doctor. She's some other type of medical profession student. Okay. Um, and she is working at a hospital. She's from Brooklyn, so she's from like the general area, but uh, went to school up in. Um, uh, I want to say New Paltz or or one of the SUNY schools, like way up north, way up, yeah, way yeah. up north, and and uh, she just needed a place to to finish out this residency, uh, which is going to keep her here all year. Um, so they're like perfect. They have nine to five jobs. They're like yeah. regular people. <laughs> you can talk to. They them. can pay the rent. <laughs> they can pay the rent. <laughs> uh, so that's like a huge deal. Like a a lot of the time under the Roscoe regime, uh, the Roscoe regime, there were three. Un- I do like because it is like the Roscoe regime. He was <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were three unemployed people underfoot, and at any given time, who was the third? So it was Mackenzie. It was oh, you're including her. Yeah, okay. Because um, she, right. she was lightly employed. She, there, okay. there was a period where she was working her ass off, but then she quit. But she's not like an ally of Roscoe. She just happened to be there, right? Ah, cue the segue. Whereas the other one was like an ally. Cue the segue. So okay, here's here's how the whole Roscoe dynamic broke down. When it was just Mackenzie, Roscoe, and I, Roscoe right. was a dick to Mackenzie. Now, most of that had to do with the fact that he was always on pins and needles because he was always hungover, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want to hear doors closing. You don't want to hear people talking. You don't want to hear music playing. Whether or not all of those things were inappropriate, who knows? But Yeah, but by the same token, you're the one signed up to live in a room in a house with a bunch of other people. Correct. And I own the house, and they didn't cause me to be yeah. disrespectful or violent. I mean, to, you could have gone and got a studio apartment or something. Yes, right, right. <laughs> so they did not have a very good relationship. Their relationship was very rocky, um, and I tried not to get involved in it, but at the same token, like, I, I had to ask him to tone it down a little bit because I need these people to live here. I can't have him driving people out because he's inconvenienced, you know? Yeah. So then Roscoe's girl moved in and Roscoe's girl and who was not Roscoe's girl when she moved in, she moved in and became Roscoe's girl. Right. Like within 48 hours. Right. However, whatever. Yes. An appropriate time for however long it took to finish a bottle of booze, a dysfunctional alcohol, whatever, whatever the timing, because in his mind, who knows, maybe, you know, like. One day is equal to a week in his his world, you know. Like I, who knows? <laughs> it's like that scene in um the jerk when he's standing, laying in bed with Bernadette Peters, and he's like, and it felt like one week 
But the next day, it felt like two days. Yeah. <laughs> you know the scene I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Um, so Mackenzie and, and, and Roscoe's girl didn't, they had some beef early on, like who was gonna, no, they fell in love with each other first, but then when Roscoe bedded down with, with his girl, she decided that she was going to be like the queen of the jungle, um, and wanted to put everybody else in their place. Cause you know, she was, I like how your friggin' house devolved into Lord of Flies. Yes. Which is so funny because I'm reading that right now. <laughs> it's like read about your experience over the past year. Yeah. Roscoe's hiding the conch shell in his backpack with his bottle of wine just in case his girl needs it, you know? Um, so... That was a very me- that was a very messy situation because at any given time two of them hated each other, right? Yeah. So when all the shit went down, when 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 assaults were happening and police were being called, uh, Roscoe's girl turned on everybody. So you know the old uh, friend of a fr- enemy of an enemy is a friend of mine. Yeah. Roscoe and, and Mackenzie became very good friends. And because... They, oh, so there was never an alliance among the three of them. No. All right. Their alliance only is a result out of the chaos. Correct. When everything went down with Roscoe's girl. Correct. Okay. So Mackenzie is like, when the cops ask me, what did I see? I saw nothing. I don't care that I've known Roscoe for 20 years. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. Mackenzie, on the other hand, oh, this is what I saw. This is what I heard. This is why she's a liar. This is why blah, blah, blah. Like, threw herself totally in the mix, right? And good for her. Yep. Good for her. She saw and and heard something. She, She did the right thing. Does that make her a better person than me? I don't know. But... I didn't see anything, so I wasn't going to step up and, and put myself in that situation, right? So she and Roscoe became very friendly and, and were were on the same side of the fence on this issue. So much so that when he was uh, skedaddling out of town, um, mope-facing out of town with his with his red teeth and his, and his sullen his eyes. His red teeth. <laughs> his red teeth and his sullen eyes. Um, yeah. He gave her... A television. He gave Mackenzie a TV? He gave her a TV, like a 42-inch television, and said, listen. Damn. This is, you can have this TV. It's my TV. I don't want it anymore. But more importantly, I want you to have this TV because you've been a good person to me, and I was not a very good person to you. And this is, I'm basically going to buy a clean conscience. And he gave her a TV. And That's crazy. I didn't hear that transaction firsthand, but a, I, I got that story from both of them independently. Oh, they both basically gave you the same version. Yeah, both basically gave me the same version. And more importantly, I can believe that's exactly how it was going down because by the end, that he gave a TV as a peace offering. Yes, to her? because. 
Yes. By the end, he was walking around here with drunk man's remorse. <laughs> drunk man's remorse. Yeah. You know that when when you're just so drunk and you you're just walking around apologizing to everything, you've gone way past fun guy. You've been you've gone way past composed. You've you've gone way past you know fun guy. You've gone way past belligerent yeah. guy, and now you're just sad guy. Yep. All right. So that was the constant state by the end, and I could totally see him trying to buy. Reminder that uh, booze is a depressant. Exactly. Exactly. So I go part ways with Roscoe, and he um, leaves. I've got some issues with his leaving. I don't know if I've talked about those. If I have, I probably didn't mean to. Yeah, I don't really recall, but if if and and if I did, I probably shouldn't have. But either way, I've got some issues with with his departure, and I'm okay not seeing him anymore. I'm done with Roscoe. I I burn the Roscoe card. It's out of my deck until he makes amends. Whatever. If he gets to step eight, yeah. and I get a phone call from him, I'll take his phone call. But until that, I mean, time it sucks comes, he did that. But I get you, man. Totally burn bridges on his way out the door, right? Yeah, that sucks. So a couple weeks after his departure, I get a phone call from him asking me to get back in touch with him. He had a question for me. I didn't get back in touch with him for no, uh, no, I didn't have any malintent. I just was busy. He left me with a shit sandwich that I had to eat because he was working for me. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I just so you were I stuck with a bunch of shit. I didn't get back to him. No big deal. I I'll, maybe I'll get back to him eventually and I'll talk to him whatever. But one morning, one night I come home and I go into the refrigerator and there's two bottles of wine in the refrigerator. And I go, "Huh. That's weird. The new tenant kid is drinking wine. I know he's a big beer drinker, but that's kind of weird for him to buy himself two bottles of wine. Maybe he's got a lady around. I think nothing of it. I go to bed. I get up the next morning. I'm downstairs. I go into the fridge. There's two new bottles of wine. Not even the same bottles that were there. When did this happen? This is, when, what's the, this is a couple weeks ago. Okay. A couple weeks ago. I think it was before I went on vacation, so maybe a month ago. So... I don't think anything of this new of these two new bottles of wine, although they are the same brand as Roscoe, same brand that Roscoe drinks. And I'm like, what, the, what, a what a coincidence! This is crazy. I got to tell this kid, don't drink this wine because there's something wrong with this wine. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned you into an asshole. <laughs> so I'm in the bathroom and I hear this voice, and I'm like, I don't. That's not any voice that should be here right now. And I step out of my bathroom, and here's Roscoe in my living room, in a suit, talking on the phone. Like, it was like the the episode of the Newhart show when Bob Newhart wakes up and Suzanne Pochette yeah, in, is there. Yeah, the last episode, yeah. Yeah, right, that's what I felt like. I'm like, wait a minute, is this whole thing a dream? What the fuck is going and on This here? happened last week? <laughs> So he's on the phone and he gives me the one minute sign. <laughs> like, hold, hold on. Hold on. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
So I run and I go do a bunch of shit that I got to do. And then I come back and he's gone. It's not here anymore. So I'm like, he's calling the breeze. No note, no call, nothing. Right. So I'm like, all right, whatever, Roscoe. But by this point, I had changed the locks on the front door. I had changed it to a keyless entry system. Oh, one of those codes? Yeah. So what I figured was he came here with his key, figuring he could just open the door, let himself in, but it's a changed lock. He must have texted Mackenzie, or he must have been in contact with Mackenzie, so he knows that she's in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of put two and two together. Um, and figure she has a code again. Yeah, she's got the code. She's not going to be yeah. there. He's, you know, he wanted to come down and theoretically, if she wanted a guest to stay in her room, far be it from me to, to put the kibosh on that. But it was all strange. It was all very strange, but I'm yeah. leaving for vacation. Mackenzie's in the hospital. Like I can't, I can't put a bow on this thing. Right. So, yeah. um, Mackenzie comes home the other day. A month has gone by. Six weeks have gone by. I haven't thought about this. The yeah, whole so this time. is right before you went to the Poconos. Correct. All this was going on. Correct. Right? Yeah. So uh, Mackenzie comes home and like. Wait, after he gave you the one minute sign or whatever, did you ever talk to him? No. No. I had, okay. So there's I no had, conversation. None, none. None. No, no follow up texts. It was like. We both decided that that just didn't happen, and we went our own ways. You know, it was never brought up again. Never until brought, now. Never Mackenzie up. comes home. Correct. So, all right. Um, Mackenzie comes home and she's talking to me, and she's like, "Oh, you know this. Oh no, there's there's this, there's that. Oh, and I'm like, oh, come on, just I don't want to hear a list of little problems. Like, let's just get you settled back in, right?" But then she goes, in all seriousness, her tone changes, and she goes, hey, where's my TV? And my tone changes. Oh, shit. (laughs) And my tone changed, because now these aren't just, like, little petty, anti-bullshit things that she's trying to, you know, to to make conversation with me about. Like, this is legit. She's like, I don't know where my TV is. Where's my TV? And I'm like, I don't know where your TV is. Where's your TV? And we try to troubleshoot it for a minute, and then I go, wait a minute. I go, hey, I didn't think about this until now, just now. But did you give Roscoe? Uh, did you give Roscoe the code to the house? She's like, no, I didn't give him the code to the house. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, this is weird. So I explain the whole story, and I'm like, well, then how did Roscoe get in the house? And she's like, I think I know. Enter Roscoe's new girlfriend. (laughs) So in the waning days of his tenancy here, he started betting down one of Mackenzie's friends. Okay. In like a week's Uh. time, he started to shack up with her to the point where like she was here when he wasn't here. Jeez. Right. And, but this was only like, this was only like two weeks. He was only here for, for, for two weeks after all this shit went down. And so apparently this chick had the code from from McKenzie. Uh, maybe she came here 
to get some stuff. Yeah, theoretically, he has to get something for her or something. Yeah. Well, she was in the hospital. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while Kenzie is in the hospital, while, uh, while he is here, unbeknownst to her, motherfucker takes her TV. Takes the TV what that he gave her. Scumbag, man. And she's she's outraged. She's fucking. She's going ballistic. And I go, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's just take a let's take a deep breath here. We we'll just text him and say, hey, did you take my TV? And if so, why? I said because there's a really good chance that he doesn't remember giving you the TV. Yeah, like he did it in one of his drunken stupors. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So she finds out through the girlfriend who she's friends with. She's like, hey, did you take the TV? Did you tell Roscoe it was okay to take the TV? So Roscoe and his new girl, who is now Mackenzie's former friend, had had, uh, conspired to retrieve this TV because blah, blah, blah. Who knows what the real story is. That's really dirty, man. Like, no semblance of, of like, class, accountability, responsibility. Like, that's like eighth grade level shit. Yeah, that's just friggin', that's friggin' terrible, man. So... I mean, I mean, also, she's in the fucking hospital <laughs> when you're doing this. How, how fucking scummy is that? Right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, maybe if, like, she was out and you're like, hey, man, I feel really bad. I shouldn't give you a TV away. Uh, you know? I mean, that would be tacky to begin with, but still, that'd be, that'd be better than just friggin' conspiring with the girlfriend to go and surreptitiously swipe it. Yeah. So so now this has now become my problem again. This is this has become my problem because well he gave her a gift. It's her property. Yep. yep. He came in here uninvited. Yeah. Took the property essentially breaking and entering. Yeah, I mean that's exactly he, what I was thinking. He's not. He wasn't. You know, he he wasn't a, allowed to be at those premises. No, he had no right to be there. He burgled it. He straight up yeah. burgled it. Yeah. So she's really like, crazy, I want to call right? the cops. She's like, I want to call the cops. He stole this from me, and I'm like, Oh Jesus! This is the last thing I want to get involved in. So I said, Work it out with him. Work it out with him. You're friends with his girlfriend, or. You were friends with his girlfriend until this is all playing itself out. I said, "Get, let's just see if we can get this this taken care of." But um, I I couldn't believe it. Just when I thought that motherfucker couldn't get any lower, and <laughs> and as and and un, as long as he keeps making his problems my problems, I have no issue talking about him. Yeah, I have no issue talking about Jeez. him because. I mean, it blows me away every time I think it can't get worse with him. Well, you know what? That's the thing. And and, and w- when it comes to addiction, like, that's the difference between 
a drunk and an alcoholic, right? We all know. Yeah. We all have our fair share of drunks in our lives, and we are the drunks of some people's lives. Yeah. Right? But, like, when it really boils down to it, he's... The guy's got a problem. Yeah, he still hasn't... Somehow he has not hit rock bottom yet. And Which is amazing. <laughs> which, yeah. which is amazing, because his freefall skills are... are are incredible at this point that he hasn't that he hasn't hit rock bottom. I know, but it's really the first interaction I've had with somebody who has an addiction, and I understand now why why families draw lines in the sand and why families, you know, cut off. Yeah, where you just gotta members. cut people off. Yeah. So I mean, I was like with uh, you know. You know, one of Brian's buddies was like that, you know? It was like, and I think Brian eventually did it, you know? It was like, you just kind of cut a motherfucker off sometimes, you know? Yeah. Right. It's hard. Like, you know somebody for like 30-some years or something, it's like, dude, you know, there's limits to everything, man. So here's what I've been wrestling with is, is it, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does the tree fall, right? So how do you cut yeah. somebody off? Do I need to make a formal declaration like I declare bankruptcy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's like you got to threaten them. You know, but I mean, like, it sucks. It's like you got to tell them something that will tell him. If I ever see you here again, I'll call the police. Something real shitty. You know. I mean, so, I don't know what you do. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to be. I don't want to put myself in a situation like, let's say, guy gets married or. Uh, yeah. has a bachelor party or the next interaction like that I have with Guy that his brother yeah might... because you're gonna hang out with Guy exactly so I don't want to I don't want to ruin my time the next time I see them um, and say oh hey this is the moment that I gotta have with you to tell you that I'm not cool with you anymore because because the next yeah. interaction is presumably gonna be a festivity. Yeah, and I don't want. I mean, I guess you can just keep hoping it blows over, or like you know that he doesn't enter your life anymore after this. You know. Well, I I, I think I think I got to be aggressive with it, and and this is kind of yeah, an opportunity, I mean, right? But do I? You probably have to after this episode, yeah. And just say, hey man, listen, this is the last time your shit's bleeding into my shit. We're you know you are you're done. We're done. But here's the question I have. It's like this is worse than like this is worse than like breaking up with somebody. Like, do I send him an email? Do I give him a phone call? Like, do I give him the courtesy of a phone call? You know, do I do advice? I think you kind of have to. I mean, personally, I think it's something you might have to say to him verbally. Right? Okay. Yeah. That way, the anger because you're gonna be disappointed, angry. You know, I mean, that might be the only thing he understands. I mean, he'll try to make excuses, but it's like. We, we can tell. It's like, dude, you came here. A, you don't talk to me forever, and you just show up in the middle of the day. And then, you know, a month later, I'm realizing that you came here just to fucking steal shit. You right. know? Right. Right. So, I okay, uh, I guess that's the play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you... It's hard. I mean, it is hard. 
Yeah, but I think that confirms what I thought. I thought it would have to be a phone call. I thought I'd have to make a, a, a you know, a, a forward gesture because an email can be, you know, rationalized away and it can be misinterpreted. Listen, I don't want to hurt the guy's feelings, but I, I want to put myself in a position where I'm not having to deal with this anymore. I can walk into a room. The next time I walk into a room with him, I don't have to acknowledge him or have small talk with him or hash this out with him. I can just choose what I want to do. And if it's to say hello, if it's to, you know, it's to be like, hey, listen, let's just get through today and I'm not going to, you know, give you shit or whatever. But I don't want to have to deal with that at the time because then that's on me again. Yeah, and he's going to know it if you actually tell him. You know, email, it's like, well, did he ever read it, you know? Yeah, 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 true, true. All right, good point. He's going to know it. And and he's, the thing is, you tell him he's, he, a, you know, the only way he's going to get back in touch with you is if he's truly contrite and wants to make amends, you know. But, of course, it'd be a high standard for him to make amends at that point. Most likely, he probably just won't talk to you. Yeah. You know? And listen, if 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 the guy goes through some type of program and needs, you know, needs to, to, to work something, by all means, you know, I'll engage that conversation. But... Not this. Point. I mean, it's just sad more than anything, man. Yeah, of course. That's it. It's gotten to that point, you know. And I do. I feel bad for him. Yeah. I feel bad for his parents, you know. Um, yeah. But he. I mean, I always think about when I first met met him. You know, he was an eighteen year old freshman, literally fresh face. You know, like never, never would I have dreamed he would have become the dude that he is today. Yeah. And dude, that keeps me. In your life, hell, every few months. <laughs> and <laughs> every few months keeps getting you in a pickle involving police authorities and courts and whatnot. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's 100% the booze, but he's still, he's still the vehicle in which that environment is thriving. So uh, it's, it's still his responsibility. He doesn't. You know, you can't absolve yourself of the responsibility just because you Yeah, he can't say, oh, it's all the booze. Right. Yes. It's like, well, you, somebody's drinking the booze. Yeah. And more importantly, somebody's choosing not to do something to correct it. You know, so. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, okay. All right. I was wondering if that was the, the right, uh, the right yeah. ammo. And I think that is the... Yeah, I mean, I think this it. is one of those type of things you seem like you tried to be kind of nice enough and hope it would go away for a long time, you know, and eventually it sounds like at the breaking point, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I mean, it's not like guy's going to be angry at you at this point, you know? No, and listen, we we have our own relationship and, you know, had a conversation about our relationship and, you know, like, obviously, that's one of those situations you don't know how it's going to be, you know? Yeah, you 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 kind of. I mean, you've given him the benefit of the doubt for a long time. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I mean, so many times when people, other people, are just folded, <laughs> they're like, "All right, motherfucker." <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you gave him like freaking twenty-five second chances. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's just. It's just depressing. Hopefully he'll clean up his act. I don't know, but it doesn't sound like he is if if that shit's still going on. Yeah, well he's definitely he's definitely not cleaning it up now. I I I'd, I'd hope that he he has the capacity to clean it up in the future. I think everybody has the capacity to clean up in the future. It's whether yeah. they choose to or not. 
whether you choose to or not. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so I know we got one or two other things we could we could jump on, but um, I know you were already an hour in. Yeah, you have some interest in watching this football game, right? Yeah, eat some dinner or something. Maybe gone to that damn wake. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, geez. probably should yeah, throw in the old suit and run down there. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> all right. Well, then that. Uh, well, then on that note. On that depressing note. Yes. With uh, with apo- with apologies to uh, Killian Jack Reardon, the newest yeah. member of the Two Sorry Excuses Army. Welcome to the party, Killian. Oh yes, 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 yes. We will. Uh, and I also want to give a sh- that, yeah, the ahead. new Reardon babe. Yeah, the new Reardon babe. I also want you to give a shout out to our buddy Jordan. He just had his wife just had their first child Saturday night. Haley Matilda Johnson. The funny thing is, she had no name for about thirty six hours because Annie, the wife, was torn between two names. So the kid was basically a Jane Doe. <laughs> 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 Which really kills me. <laughs> uh, well, with apologies to Jane Doe Johnson. <laughs> yeah. We will uh, we'll see you guys in Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah. See y'all in Baton Rouge. <laughs> all right. That's all we have, huh? Well, how about Fredo? Well, I thought we were some, I guess I can't. I can't quit you, Fredo. <laughs> well, that's no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.